Welcome to the sermon series from Life Church Green Bay. It's our mission to bring the life-giving message of Jesus to the 920 and beyond. We're so glad you're here. If this is your first time joining us, we want to do life with you. While you're listening, fill out our hello card on our website so we can connect with you. Visit lifechurchgreenbay.com forward slash hello to fill it up. Make sure to check the I'm new here and online options while filling out the card. Again, we're so glad you're with us today. Here's this week's message. Good morning. Hey, before we get in the message, I just want to say happy Father's Day to all my dads. And yep, yep, we can clap about that. Hey, let's clap now. Let's like, let's get excited. Yeah, this is going to be a good one. But real quick, I want to I wanna uh, love on some dads real quick. So how, I want to find my newest dad. Like may, how many, uh, can, maybe you just had a, a baby like a week ago. How many had a baby a week ago? Yeah, you wouldn't be here. Uh, how many had three weeks ago? Four weeks ago? Five weeks ago? Seven weeks ago? 12 weeks ago? Oh, I got 12 back there. Wait, you're 12 also? 13, oh wait. Uh, 11 weeks ago. 11? Awesome. Okay. All right. Come on. I got something for you. Because here's the thing. New dads, sometimes we, we lose sleep, we get sleep deprived, and we forget just the common things. And so as a Father's Day gift, I got you some lawnmower oil because, hey, it's important. <laughs> we forget it sometimes. So, so yeah, you just never know. You don't want that to burn up. So, Okay. I want a dad with the most teenagers, which by the way, we're taking some kids to camp and we'd love your help with that. Megan's going to talk about it afterwards, but maybe you have three teenagers, three teenagers, three. Okay. Okay. Wait, wait, got three. Anyone got four? Wait, they would have put their hand up for three. So wait, 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 I got two to three. Who's got, uh, dang it. I only have one prize. So, uh, um, do you have a 13-year-old? Older? Do you have a 13-year-old? It's those new teenagers. That, okay, no? Okay. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give it to you. All right, so here's, here's my prize for you because here's the thing. Teenagers, they're, they're opinionated. And they got an attitude. And I'm not saying what I'm going to give you is anything towards them, but it just has multiple uses. I just want to give you just a thing of duct tape. Uh, you know, duct tape's great. <laughs> Multiple uses, multiple uses. So, oh, here you go. Thank you. All right. All right, now I want my oldest dad. Where's my oldest dad? Like starting in 75, 75-year-old dad. Okay, right there. Okay, let's see if we got older. Is anyone 80, 80-year-old dad? Oh, wait, they would have raised their hand. Why do I keep doing that? Like, not good enough. All right, Dexter, I'm gonna give this to you because here's the thing. And I, oh, wait, wait, 80? 88? Can you beat that, Dex? Okay. All right. I want, can I actually, I want a young man to help me with this because I, I want you to bring this to him. Because here's the thing even at 88, gotta keep those feet warm. So, uh, so I want to, where's my young fella at? Here, thank you. Yeah, hand that to him. Thank you so much. Yes, right there, right in the back. So, thank you for being a great dad for 88 years. And for all the other dads, I got two things for you. One, I got a, a, a dad joke from one of my uh, favorite dads, and here's a dad joke. Uh, what do dads want to do on Father's Day? They want to play golf on Mother's Day. There's my dad joke for you. And uh, on your way out, if you have not gotten a dad's rupee yet, this is my gift to you. And if you have more than five kids, you get two. 
because uh, sometimes you just need a little, little up, you know. Okay, now, with that being said, open your Bibles to the book of Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4, if you don't have a Bible but you like one, just raise your hand real quick. We'd love to let you borrow or keep that, but if you don't own a Bible, keep it. Take it with you. Have the Word of Life a part of your life, but also you, you can go to the Version Bible, the Bible app, all the notes and scripture are going to be there. If you're watching online, maybe you're on the boat, maybe you're at the cabin, so glad you're watching, so glad you're here, and so glad you guys are here on this Father's Day as we're continuing in this series, even if talking about Paul pursuing the gospel, even though he's in prison. And uh, it was interesting. I had someone ask me one time, hey, Pastor Dallas, why do you do so many different versions of the Bible? You know, sometimes you'll do the New Living, you'll do the NIV, you'll do the ESV, the ASV, you'll do the message. Like, why all these different translations? And the only thing I could think of that would help illustrate that is the way that my wife answers the phone sometimes. Sometimes I can call my wife, and if she says, hello, that's not good. Like, that means she's probably had a bad day, she's probably had a bad moment, maybe the kids are getting at her, I don't know. But my answer after hello is always, how could I help? It's like, what can I do? Are you doing all right? Now, if I call my wife and she answers, hello, lover, I know that things are going better. Not that it's a great day, but it's not a bad day, it's just a good day. But if I call my wife, and she answers with, hello, my love. I know today is a great day and it's gonna be a great day for me. So I would love it when she answers the last way. But here's the reality. All three of those examples have the word hello in it. Now it's the truth is there, it's just said a different way. And so that's why sometimes I use different versions of the Bible. All are great because it's God's word just given to a way that we'd understand. So personally, I'll use the New Living Translation, but like for moments like today, I like the NIV. And here's the thing, even the King James or the New King James sometimes comes out because there might be a word that I want to carry because here's what I want. I don't want you to just hear the word. I want you to apply the word and I want you to proclaim the word with an amen. Amen? All right, so with that being said, let's go into Philippians chapter four. I'm gonna read verse one out of the NIV and it says this. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with Yodia and I plead with Sintichi to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, I ask you, my true companion, let these women, uh, since they are content at my side to be in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of the co-workers whose names are written in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gladness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Verse eight says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Todd, my message this morning is, even if I have to repeat myself. Can we pray? Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you, Lord, that you're a God with no limits. Lord, that we don't have to put the governor on our faith, but Lord, we can pursue you and all that you are. I thank you, Lord, that not only are you enough, you're more than enough. Lord, I thank you that you're not just able, but you're more than able. 
And so, Lord, I pray that as we speak your word, you give us the strength and endurance to walk out your word. And Lord, I pray that we'd be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm in my 40s now. And I wish I could say that turning 40 is the reason I have this issue. But I've had this issue for a long time. And that issue is, I tend to repeat myself. I will tell stories over and over again to people thinking it's the first time. And some of you guys are great to the point where when I'm telling a story, you go, hey, I've already heard this story. But some of you, like my friend Kenny Lucas, which Kenny, if you're watching, love you, no offense, but if you're like him, you'll let me tell you a story over and over again and then wait until the end and go, yeah, you already told me that story. I'm like, bro, that, that story was like 10 minutes. Why didn't you tell me? Because you're embarrassed. I don't want to repeat myself. And the reality is there's a lot of things we don't want to repeat in our lives. Like there's things like we don't want to repeat information or instructions. Parents, you know, I hear them say it all the time. Like I'm tired of repeating myself. You know, we don't like to do it. We won't even like to repeat things that are like a joke or anything like that if we have to say it more than once. Hey, that's pretty funny, right? What? That was pretty funny, right? What? Never mind. Like, that's how we are. We just don't want to repeat it. Some of us, we don't want to repeat forms, especially online forms when you're filling it out and then your computer glitches and you have to start from the beginning. You're like, come on. You got to be kidding me. Some of us don't like repeat cleaning. That's why we, we pay someone to do it sometimes. We just that's our way of saying, I don't want to do this anymore. So I'm going to pay you to do it because I don't, I'm tired of doing it. Because sometimes we'll clean and we turn around and it's dirty again. Like, what happened? Like, you want to tie your kids up after you're done cleaning. Like, don't touch anything. Like, we just, we hate repeating things. Some of us, we hate <laughs> repeating the same drive, the same places. I've heard people say they quit their job because of the drive. Yeah, I didn't like that drive back and forth, so I got another job. Did you like the job? It was okay. The drive drove, you know, I just didn't like the drive. But then there's some things we'd love to repeat. Like movies. I've heard it said, when you like a movie, you go, yeah, I can't wait to watch it again. Or a show, or a YouTube video, where you're watching over and over again, and we can recite it, and we can take clips from it. Like, it's constantly something that we're constantly loving to do. Some of us love to repeat shopping. That's why we'll say sometimes, like, hey, you know what? Well, we're in summer season. I got to get summer clothes. Or, hey, we got to get winter clothes. Or, you know what? You can't wear that color past Labor Day. I think we use those excuses so we can repeat shopping. Like, no, I have to shop. I don't have brown. Like, I don't. Brown. All the colors. I just came in my head. Anyways, some of us, we love to repeat vacationing. Taking time off. Like, every holiday is a holiday to go on vacation. Man, I can't wait till Flag Day. You know, like we just love to repeat going out and doing something. Friday nights, Saturday nights. Like it's a repeat thing that we love to do. And then there's some things that we have to repeat that honestly we just need to do for our health. Like sleeping. <laughs> Which again is like, you know, it's crazy. But our body will tell us when we don't sleep for a good amount of hours, like we lose our minds. Or how about eating? Some of us, we love repeating that even more than three times a day. Like I, I do it five or six times a day. It's just, I need it. Or activity, uh, working out. These are some things that we have to repeat doing because it helps us with our mental and physical health. And as we're finishing in the book of Philippians, we see that Paul is kind of instructing the church on some things that he wants them to repeat in their spiritual lives. Some things that will help them grow in their faith. So if you're taking notes, there's a few things 
that I think we need to repeat to further our faith. We need to repeat so we're not just in our faith, but we're growing in our faith. And here's number one. We need to repeat the position. Verse one says it, to stand firm in the Lord this way. And that word firm is the word histomy, which is to stand firm, to uphold, meaning to carry out the promises that God has for us, to stand firm in the truth that we know. And he's saying we need to repeat this position. We have to stand firm in the truth, kind of like a Roman army. When they stand firm, when the enemy's coming, they're not moving. They're standing firm in their position. And we see that Jesus talks about this too and the importance of it in John chapter 8. He says to the Jews who have believed, Jesus said, if you hold on to my teachings, you are really my disciples. If you don't just hear it, but you hold on to it, you uphold it, you're my disciples. And I love what verse 32 says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So he's saying we need to stand firm. We need to hold on to the truth, stand firm in the truth. And the reason I think we need to repeat it is because there's going to be times that the world is going to give us reasons to step out of it. That they're going to want you to take a stand for things instead of standing firm. And I have nothing against making a stand for something, but it will never replace my stand firm. Because the truth that sets me free is in the stand firm. Yes, I may have an opinion and I may take a stand for something, but I'll always stand firm. And that will be the priority over any stance the world may throw my way. Because that stance gives you a truth that will set you free. Here's number two. We need to repeat reconciliation. It says in the next verse is to be of the same mind in the Lord. Now, originally I was going to skip this. I was even going to say, you know, let's just skip these verses. Let's go over to this part. But the reality is God convicted me on that. And he goes, that's what we do. When we're in disagreements, we tend to ignore it. We tend to try to skip it, move away from it. And that's the one thing that we need to address because over time it's going to keep us from where God wants us to be. He's saying you need to be on the same page. And Paul knew he needed to address what was happening between Iodia and Sintichi because they had contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. I love that Paul was using women to lead the way in the cause of the gospel. But he also knew there was something that was keeping them from walking in the calling that they had on their lives. And it was reconciliation. Because reconciliation, forgiving people is a big deal. And we see Jesus talk about it in, in Matthew chapter 18, where Peter comes to Jesus and he says, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Which is, here's what's great about this. Peter actually went above and beyond what was required. Because in Jewish law, you only were required to forgive someone three times a day. Three strikes, you're out. So Peter went to Jesus and he's like, you know what? I'm gonna forgive you more. I'm gonna double it and then some. So he said, Jesus, how many times? Seven? I think he was waiting for, for Jesus to be like, well, good job, Peter. Seven is a good number. But then Jesus looks at him and goes, no, not seven. How about 490 times? They're like, what? 490 times a day? Are you kidding me? Like, do you understand how impossible that is? Exactly. 
Because why is Jesus saying that? He's saying that because he understands how powerful and how freeing reconciliation is for your life. So he wants you to repeat it over and over and over again. He wants you to say, no, don't limit the forgiveness that you need to give to people. Don't limit because it's keeping you from telling and living out the good news of Jesus. So what is keeping you from the same mind of the Lord? Is it a person? Is it a friend? Maybe even on Father's Day, it's hard for us because we have an unforgiveness towards him and you may go, well, pastor, you don't understand what my dad did to me. I don't, but I also know how freeing it is to walk in forgiveness because forgiveness is for you more than the person who offended you. And God wants you to live in freedom and the enemy is gonna tell you, you better not forgive because if you forgive, then, then, then you're weak. No, you're actually stronger. You're freer when you walk in that reconciliation. Is it a place that's keeping you from the same mind? I was reminded this morning, I was in the shower and I felt like God said, you know, there's some people who are coming to church that are not walking in the fullness I have for them because they've been hurt by a church. That when I bring up community and being a part, you go, yeah, that's great, but the last time I was at a church, they hurt me. And I'm sorry that happened to you, but God still wants you to walk in reconciliation because he has a plan for you. Some of you have a hard time giving because you're like, you know, the last church I went to, they didn't use their finances the right way. And I'm sorry that that happened to you. But God wants to bless you beyond measure. And he wants you to trust him more than you trust the church. So don't walk in fear. Don't walk in, in, this, in this worry that, well, if I give, will they give? That's not what he wants you to focus on. He wants you to trust him no matter what. And I'm sorry that happened to you. But there's things that God wants you to do in the body of Christ that you need to walk full in, but you won't yet until you forgive what happened. And here's the reality of forgiving. Sometimes God will ask us to do it in person, but other times it's just saying, God, I forgive that person. I'm not gonna be in relation anymore. I'm not gonna be in connection with them anymore, but I forgive them. And there's times where people go, well, yeah, well, I can forgive, but I'll have a hard time forgetting. Okay, every time you remember, forgive again. Every time an offense comes up, Forgive again. Repeat the reconciliation because that can be the one thing that's keeping you from going where God wants you to go. Here's number three. Repeat the rejoice. I love this verse where it says rejoice in the Lord always. And then he goes, again, I say rejoice. He repeats it because he understands the power behind it. And rejoice in the original language is the word chario, which is to be glad to be overjoyed, to be delighted, to hail. All hail, the joy that is within me. And you have to understand rejoice comes from joy, not from happiness. Because happiness is conditional, but joy is from him. And it's unconditional, and it's freeing, and it's powerful. And I know some of us could say, it's easier said than done, you don't understand my week, I don't. But I had a tough week too. And every time I struggled and every time I wanted to give up, I said, no, I want the rejoice you're talking about. So I'm gonna go to the God who gives me the joy to be overjoyed, to have excitement, to have the thing that, is, that God wants within me. So I'm gonna rejoice even though I'm going through something. 
I'm going to rejoice even though I was given a diagnosis I don't want. I'm going to rejoice even though I got let go, even though that person's not talking to me anymore, even though our finances are tough, even though I'm going through this. I'm going to rejoice because the joy comes from the Lord. And then it partners with these other verses when it says, we rejoice always. And it says, let your gentleness be evident to all. I feel like our joy will produce this gentleness where we're, we're going to people, we're being selfless and we're thinking of others because I have something that's moving in me that I want you to have and you would experience. So God, I thank you for what you're doing in me, but I'm not keeping what you're doing in me for just me. I want others to see the joy that makes no sense in my life happen in their life. So I'm gonna go with them to gentleness and show them the evidence of God moving in my life and, and, and moving through me. And it's not just for me. But it also says that, that we need to rejoice in our expectancy because the Lord is near. The Lord is not just near to return, but near to me. That I have that availability that because I am alive in Christ, he now lives in me. He's now with me. And that's a reason to find joy. That's a reason to hail. That's a reason to get crazy in worship because he is near me. You have to understand that when I worship, it's not because all these things are going great. I lift my hands because I go, God, I surrender all. I'm scared. I'm nervous. I'm defeated. But I'm so glad I'm near to you who could do all things. Isaiah 40, 31 says, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like wings, like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. See, we rejoice because we have an expectancy that if I wait on the Lord, that's where my strength comes from. That's where my ability to keep coming and keep going comes from. That's where the joy comes from is when I wait on him, not go away from him, not go to other things, but wait on the Lord, expectant, walking in faith, leaning towards him. So in every season, no matter what the outcome, I can have rejoice because rejoice is not conditional. It's continual, and God wants it to continually happen in your life. Amen? Amen. All right, here's the fourth thing that I love. My, probably my favorite part of this scripture is to repeat the posture of prayer. It says to present your request to God. Now, this is where I like a different version of the Bible. I actually have Philippians 4, 6, and 7 out of the New Living Translation memorized because I have to tell myself it all the time. And it says, don't worry about anything, anything, but pray about everything, everything. <laughs> Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. And then he will give you peace that goes beyond understanding. This peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. It's my favorite verse because I'm going to be real with you. I worry all the time. I wish I could say I'm worry-free, I'm not. I can worry about the littlest things sometimes. And God has told me, when I worry, I need to pray. But then Paul gives us the cheat code. Because it's one thing to say, just pray about it. How do I pray about it? It says right there, tell God what you need. 
Meaning come to him with an honesty, with a realness, with a vulnerability saying, God, I'm struggling, I'm worried, I'm scared. I don't know how I'm gonna make it. I don't know how we're gonna do it. Be real and honest with him. So tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Meaning remind yourself of the blessings he's given you in the past, of the victories he's given you in the past, of the things he's helped you overcome in the past. Remind yourself of the things he's done for you before. And for some of us, we have testimonies that are so amazing where I was one way and then I let God in and he totally transformed my life. So God, I'm struggling, but I remember what you've taken me out of. I remember the addictions I don't have anymore because of you. I remember the mindset I have that I've been set free of. I remember the things I used to think and say, and I'm no longer that person because of you. But I know some of you are looking at me and go, you know, I don't have any of those things. And you know what I do when I can't think of anything? I just breathe. Because I'm reminded that God's given me breath when others don't. That when I can stand up, I'm thankful because he's given me ability to walk when others can't, to move when others can't. So even when I can't think of anything he's blessed me with, he's blessed me with life. So tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. And it says, then you'll get peace, which I love. Peace alone, I love it. Peace is freedom from disturbance. All we want is peace. But the Bible says he gives us peace that goes beyond understanding. So freedom from disturbance that goes beyond our way of thinking to where we're at a point where it feels like everything's falling apart, but we're smiling. And people are going, why are you smiling? I know what's going on. And you go, I know it doesn't make sense, so it must be God. I know I should be crying, but I'm rejoicing because I'm standing firm in his truth that sets me free. I know I feel like I should give up too, but I just was honest with God about everything and I didn't hold back, but I also remembered what he's blessed me with. And he's given me peace. How our city, how our workplace, how our family needs to see more believers walking in the peace that goes beyond understanding. Because here's the reality. It says he'll give you peace that goes beyond understanding. This peace will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Some of you, the reason you're not giving God everything is because you've never experienced that peace. And I pray today would be the day that you say, God, I'm tired of holding things back. I'm gonna give you everything so I can have your peace. Francis Chan said, worry implies that we don't quite trust God is big enough. And if you go, is God big enough? The scripture says that the universe is in his hand between the pinky and the thumb. So is he big enough? Yeah. But he's also not too big to hear your request. Here's the next thing we need to repeat, I think, to help us further in our faith is to repeat your thinking. It says to think on these things, and he gives a list of things that he says we need to think on. But the original language for think is logizomia, which is to credit, to count, to regard, to consider. 
So Paul's not saying don't just think about these things. He's saying consider these things, meaning bring value to these things. Focus on these things. Allow these to be a part of your everyday life. And, and so he says, so whatever is true, which is truthful, dependable, he's saying apply that to your life. Think on those things. Bring value to them. Whatever is noble, which is worthy of respect and honor, don't just think about it. Apply it to your life. Whatever is right, to God and people, a justice that is worthy of them. He's saying, don't just think on it, apply it, add value to your life. Whatever is lovely, that which calls forth love, don't just think on it, apply it to your life. Whatever is admirable, which is praiseworthy, attractive, don't just think on it, apply it to your life. Whatever is excellent, which we see uh, explained in 1 Peter 2, 9, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of their own possession that you proclaim the excellence of him. See, we've been given the authority to do great things because we now serve the God of the universe. We are now in his lineage when we surrender our lives to us. So we can walk out in the excellence he's given us and whatever is praiseworthy, which is worthy of praising God. So in our everyday life, he's saying, we need to bring these things into it. And I imagine what would happen if we brought those things in. Would we have any room for negativity? Would we have any room for anger? Would we have any room for despair? Would we have any room for depression? If we're saying every moment I'm going to repeat and consider and add value to things like, like what is true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable. I mean, it's hard to be negative when you have excellence and praiseworthy on your mind and your heart and your life. And God's saying, I don't want you just to think on those things. I want you to apply it. And I don't want you to apply it once. I want you to do it over and over and over again. Because this world's going to throw things at you. And it's going to cling to you that God says, I never wanted that on you. I want you to release that. And you will release that by walking in what God has for you. I want to close with the last scripture, verse 9 of Philippians 4. And it says this. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. Anton Chekhov is considered to be one of the greatest writers of all time. And he says, knowledge is of no value unless you put it into practice. And when I, I can't think of the word practice without saying the phrase practice makes perfect. That's something I say, but I'm one of those weirdos where I go, where'd that originate from? Like who came up with that? And that phrase practice makes perfect kind of came from this old proverb from the 1550s or 1560s where it actually said use makes perfect. So he's saying when we practice, we need to bring things into use. We need to bring things into our life that is useful to help us grow and mature. And so when we look at these scriptures, he's saying, don't just think on them. Don't just consider them. Use them for daily consumption. Meaning every day, he says, I want you to repeat standing firm in my truth. 
And if you don't know the truth, then you need to apply the truth. That's why having the Bible in our lives is so important, whether it's reading a chapter or just a verse a day. But take that truth that was breathed from God and stand firm in it in your daily, everyday decisions. He also says we need to repeat reconciliation, that if there's unforgiveness and anger and bitterness towards people, you can think that you're holding on to that because it's for you to be stronger and it's for them to feel bad. But God's saying you are actually a slave to your unforgiveness. And he even says in the scriptures that if you can't forgive others, I can't forgive you. And I know that's harsh and we don't want to hear that, but he says that because he knows that's how important forgiveness is for your life. So whoever you need to reconcile with, do it and do it continually so that you can continue to grow in him and that we need to continue to use and practice and repeat the the rejoice and rejoice in him in all things, even when it doesn't make sense because I'm not living in happiness. I'm living in a joy that's unthinkable and it doesn't make sense. So it must be from God. And when I worry, And when I get frustrated and when I want to give up, I need to repeat the posture of prayer and prayers more. It's just talking to God, being honest and thanking for what he's done. And he'll give you peace that doesn't make sense, but it comes from him. And to repeat, to think on the things that will help us to walk out of negativity and towards growth and towards a new life. And I'm telling you, when we don't just think on these things, when we don't just consider these things, but we put them to practice, we put them to use. The scripture says that the peace of God will be with you. Meaning when I use these things on a daily, 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 daily life, And I said daily over and over again because that's sometimes we have to repeat it over and over and over again, even in one day. When we do that, we're promised his peace that is good and it's pleasing and it's perfect. Can we pray? So salvation, honestly, salvation is the cheat code for all those things in your daily life. Because the truth is we cannot let out what God has for us if we have not let God in us. And he knew that sin would separate us from him. And he knew that our choices, our our mistakes were, were the thing that were keeping us from a perfect God. So he gave us his son, Jesus, who lived a simple life, who lived a perfect life, a powerful life. But he didn't just do that so that we can look at it with admiration. He did it so he could go to the cross for us that he could take our sin, even though he had no sin. But it would be great if he just went to the cross for us, but he actually defeated death. And that defeat is the key to us being in right standing with God. So if you're here this morning with everyone's head bowed and eyes closed, and you're saying, you know what? I wanna go beyond just believing in God. I wanna go beyond just knowing God. I wanna have a relationship with him. I want him to be in my everyday decision-making. I want him to be my Lord and Savior. Lord, I mean, I wanna give him control. Not my way, but his way. Not my will, but his will. And Savior mean, I'm not gonna hold on to my sin, my shame, the things that are keeping me from God. I'm gonna give them to him because he has defeated death and he's defeated my sin. So if that's you, and we're gonna do one of two things. And mom, I'm just gonna have you raise your hand and look at me. And as a church, we're just gonna say a simple prayer together. So if that's you, you've never done that before, but you want today to be the day 
that you set your life free and that you have a relationship with the Savior of the world. If that's you, can I just have you lift your hand and look at me? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love it. Yep, thank you. Church, can we say this prayer together? Say, Jesus, thank you for what you did on the cross for me. I give you my life, all of it, for you to do what you need to do. I welcome you in to be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made that decision for the first time, we wanna help you. Megan's gonna come up and talk about that on how we can get you some information to go from where you are to where God wants you to be. But can I have you bow your heads one more time? Because maybe you're here, you're saying that I'm a Jesus person, but man, I've stopped repeating things that will help me further in my faith. I've done it maybe a couple times and I'm just giving up because I feel like there's no hope, but, but I want God to be in everything I do. If that's you, can I just have you lift your hand real quick so I can pray with you? So Lord, right now, we just pray for all these hands, all these people who are choosing to let you in every situation there are, every good, bad, and ugly situation, Lord, they're surrendering to you for you to come, for you to strengthen, for you to give us peace that doesn't make sense, for you to give us life when we feel lifeless, for you to give us strength when we're weak. And I pray, Lord, that what you do in our lives, others will see and want the same thing. Lord, give us words, give us wisdom, give us direction. We love you, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Thanks for joining us this week. Still thinking about the message? Go follow our message recap podcast, Chew On That. The Chew On That podcast is a podcast where Life Church staff chew over the latest messages to dig deeper into our faith. Tap the link in the episode description to have a listen. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We'll see you next week.